Hello, everybody, and welcome to the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. I'm your host, Pylon, and we have everything hopefully working again. As you probably hear every week, we had technical difficulties on our first run of this. So lucky people that are watching live, they get to experience all the fun and technical drama that we go through. Uh, so we've got an exciting show tonight. Uh, as you can see, we've got our special Legends backdrop running here today. So we have all of our cards up and running. And that means we have our very special guest of Alaro with us tonight, because he's going to talk about all of the Legends news all by himself, and we're just going to sit here and wait and let him do that. <laughs> Hello. Hello. So if you, people don't know who you are, Alaro, do you want to introduce yourself and kind of what you do? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm a wiki admin on, on the wiki. That's yeah, a recent uh, thing, isn't it? Recently a wiki yeah, admin. Well, Congratulations. Already, like two months Ooh. now, but yeah. <laughs> recently. Um, I also have staff, mem staff member on the, on the Discord. Awesome, yes. And we're mostly very happy working, to have you. Mostly working on Legends, yes, but I uh, also uh, do lore stuff and uh, I can also edit Skyrim and well, whatever is necessary mm -hmm. on the wiki. Yeah. And what you might not know is that Alaro is often behind the scenes filling out our show notes so we actually know what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about every week. Because <laughs> we'd be like, a lot of the times we'd be very lost. So we're very thankful to have you here with our favorite mud crab friend. Um, Especially as it's uh, three in the morning. Where it is. is three in the morning. <laughs> Don't think I'm keen yep. for being on at two in the morning. He's on at three, so there we go. Yeah, so Alara wins the time zone contest this week. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Alara was also just all around a pretty cool dude. Yeah, everybody, yeah, he's a good guy. We all like you. So thank you for joining <laughs> us this week. Thank you. <laughs> Please leave him a five-star review on Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And that voice you might be hearing is Lost in Hyrule. Lost, you want to introduce yourself for anybody who may not know who you are? Yep. I am a less good version of Alaro. Um, I serve on the <laughs> wiki, but just as an editor, not as any special role. I also serve as a staff member, but for less time than Alaro, over on the UESP Discord. Awesome. And then in the middle here, fighting... I'm not even sure what you're... Rikerings? Forsworn? Forsworn. Forsworn. There you go. Okay. Forsworn. There you go. It's AKB in the middle, and your name's missing, I just realized, so I'm not sure what's going on there. But AKB, do you want to introduce yourself for anybody who may not know who you are? I'm AKB. I've been an admin on the UESP for the better part of a decade. I also run our social media, including our Discord, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram... Also, Twitch and YouTube. We have a YouTube, which we keep on meaning to do more with, and me and Loss are about to start working on something new for it, which we'll talk about at some point in the future. Yeah, I've got some things I want to get on there too soon, so we've got lots coming up in the future, so there's always exciting things happening at the UESP. The future UESP is great. Future UESP is better than the current one. <laughs> the future is so bright, you'll have to wear sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> and then down below me, we've got Baratron with the new card. What does your card say, Baratron? I believe it's plus uh, two, two to all ba all friendly bears. Friendly bears, yeah. And then unable to target enemy bears. So mm -hmm. it's, very, it's a very interesting card. Three cost for a two eight. Interesting. So Baratron, for anybody who doesn't know who you are. Um, I'm an admin on the Discord. USP Discord. I'm Guildmaster of the 
USP Guild on PCNA. And I'm very, very hot because we're having a heat wave. So today I was, I was uh, before the show, I was, I was going through my clothes going, do I have an approved, a, a Twitch approved streaming <laughs> key? You do not. I'm not. There's I'm no wearing, such thing. I'm wearing a dress, but yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I do want to wear clothes today. Which is funny because we're unseasonably cold right now. It was like. It's very comfortable right now. It was perfect. It's like I went to work with like a sweater on and jeans and it was comfortable for the whole day. It was my favorite temperature ever. So, so I have a question for Baratron. Go on. What did your um, lake for bears start with something specific or is it just like lifelong? Oh, um, my husband likes bears and I like my husband. So <laughs> my one year old knows. I actually like him. Uh, my one year old knows about 20 words and one of the first words was bear. It's his mm. three like first words were bear, kitty, and owl. That's very useful in Canada, though. It is very useful you, in Canada. Future biologist or zoologist, maybe? That'd be awesome. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, why don't we get over talking about the, all the things that we've been up to in the world of Elder Scrolls in our scholarly pursuits. And I just realized as I switched over to this scene, for anybody who is watching live, all of our cameras shifted over just slightly to the left. So we're going to talk to Alaro first, though, and see what he's been up to while I fix that and move everybody over <laughs> so they don't have to slide in their chairs. So Alaro, what have you been up to this week in the Elder Scrolls universe? I actually didn't much in the Elder Scrolls universe. Uh, I played a bit of Legends and, well, of course... Especially because of the new Montney card, which I really, really want. <laughs> <laughs> which so we'll I talk about again up. later. We'll talk about it later. Um, and my brother started playing Elder Scrolls Online, which is really fun. <laughs> it was not really about me. Uh, he invited me to play, uh, but I didn't really have the time yet. Do but you I really play much play with ESO? Him. Sorry? Do you play much ESO yourself, or are you more... Uh, no, not really. I mean, no. I log in to get some of the <laughs> daily, uh, <laughs> daily rewards. Sounds like but, uh, It sounds familiar. <laughs> I, I mean, my highest level character is like uh, level 14 or something, so it's... Oh, wow. No, so not I don't really play. All, yeah. <laughs> that's fine, but that's a lot of fun. It's nice when your family can get into the, doing some of the games with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we... We played uh, on the same PlayStation, uh, Skyrim and Oblivion always, so uh, nice. uh, but I was always way more into Elder Scrolls than he was, but he uh, began playing Elder Scrolls Online now, so Nice, so he'll be a wiki admin in a couple of years then. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> he's just a couple of years behind, right? Uh, he's actually older, but... Uh, I have the first family succession that, like, I don't think... I know that more family members have joined the site, but none have taken on a staff role after one member of the family did. So that'd be very, very... Yeah, I think that's for a reason. I mean, uh, the little brother is then staff member, you know? It's hard to... Uh... <laughs> you guys have a wiki argument and he just 
Yeah. You can never <laughs> promote that guy. I grew up with him. Yeah. <laughs> I know what he's capable we have, of. We have a few family members in the guild. Uh, there's there's always quite a few husband and wife pairs. Yeah. And we do have a, a mother and son and a mother and daughter. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't think on the Discord we have anybody who's related to each other. Unless you're all related to each other, and I just don't know. Not really, no. <laughs> it's in the long, in the roundabout way, we're all related. We're all like fiftieth cousins, at least. It's true, and we're all like just eight degrees away from Kevin Bacon. Good old Kevin Bacon. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's very cool that your brother started playing ESO. Uh, Lost. How about yourself? What have you been working on the past little while? Uh. For a very small amount of time today, I helped out Ilara with some Legends stuff, uh, looking yeah. up who the different practice AIs were, but that was 15 minutes of time tops, and I didn't even play a match. I just launched a match, conceded, launched a match, conceded over and over. Uh, <laughs> I mostly, yeah. Say again? I needed data, so yeah, thank you. <laughs> yep. Distribute the data collection, then no one person gets burnt out. Yep. The uh, only other Elder Scrolls progress, really, I didn't even level up in Blades again. Um, I played more ESO, and I finished all of the Rift. So that means Ebonheart Pact's storyline is down. And I moved through Stros Mackay and Betnik. And then I just finished Glenumbra about an hour ago. Ooh. So I have finished the tutorial zones and the first full zone of the Daggerfall Covenant. What do you think of the Ebonheart Pact? I like it. They're the right faction to join, obviously. Yeah, they're they about, are. They're about freedom, which See, is good. A lot of people think that the zones are in the wrong order. Because you uh, you go through and you have you know cultists, more cultists, Argonians. And then in the fourth zone, which is... Um, I want to say Windtown. East March. Uh, East March. East March. That's when the... Uh, the pack comes together, and you have the sort of reaffirmation of the pact with the with the Argonians, the uh, the Dharma, and the Nords. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of to, to to several people I know. They think that's where the story should finish, and then you go off to the Rift and fight a giant, and it, it seems a little bit the wrong way around. So I don't know the, if you for the very finale. Yeah, I can kind of buy that, but I thought they did a good job of Daggerfall Covenant is a problem, and then there's a Dunmer problem, Argonian problem, Nord problem, and that resolves a storyline, and then you have to test the resolve of it one more time. Yeah, I'm sure you could have paced it better, but overall, I liked it. I didn't find any of them boring. Uh, Daggerfall Covenant started off a little bit weird, but not as bad as AKB made it sound. Like Stros so in Ebonheart Pact, you wake up from being struck in the ocean or something. Like they find you and rescue you. You wake up, and then the an enemy army is invading. We need to evacuate. And then the next zone is that army is still coming. We need to rally the forces here and defend against them. And then you go to the next zone with we have to warn about this invasion. And then story after story happens from there. But those all seem to flow in a way that makes sense mm -hmm. to me. Daggerfall Covenant, I wake up, and the person that set, saves me says, hey, let's do a heist. And I say, okay. And maybe there's some extra information, like we're not allowed to leave the island because of this oppressive governor, but 
Well, we j- I just help rob him. Well, it's quite <laughs> obvious when you think about it, Lost. If you choose Daggerfall Covenant, you're probably an actual criminal. So the game just starts you off on that path. That's fair. One of the things um, that I did pick up when we spoke to Jeremy Sarah, who's who was... I don't know if he still works for Zoss, but he was uh, one of the writers. He said that uh, the Daggerfall Covenant and Cold Harbor were the first zones they did. Mm. And I think sometimes that shows, uh, because the Cold Harbor storyline is very much tailored around the NPCs who are in Daggerfall Covenant. And also... And whenever other ones show up, it's usually like in a set of three. Yeah. Where like there's one from each faction. One from each, exactly, I think. Yeah. I tried to go back and check, and that sort of seemed to be the slight pattern. But, but yeah, the Daggerfall Covenant just starts off a bit. Uh, individual <laughs> stories, I didn't like. I like them so far; they're fine. But you do the heist and you escape. Then you go to this mm-hmm. other island, and there it's just, oh, the orcs are being attacked. I better help save them. And so I do, and then half the people get mad at me in a very con- for a very contrived reason, I think. And mm-hmm. then I go to Daggerfall to start the actual next zone, and it's like, oh, great, we, we helped the orcs, and we stole some stuff from another guy. And then there's no, like, kickoff to the quest. I just wander into town until a dog draws my attention, and there's been a murder, so I start <laughs> investigating it. I'm like, this isn't a solid story. Like, there's not a, a plot line dragging me through this i had to wander through a city to figure out where the next bit of story happened and it was not connected to the last bit it was just weird akb did complain about how weird daggerfall covenant was and specifically he said there's a quest where you time travel in order to find out that the weakness of werewolves is fire and he was complaining about how nonsensical that is but i just did it and it's way more extreme than he painted it. He's a freaking zombie werewolf. <laughs> so he's That's a the werewolf. first thing I would try. He's a werewolf from like the first era. And he was known as the Invincible General. Except and, the time, that one time he died. Except the one time he died, but no one knew how they did it. <laughs> because he could shrug off arrows and swords and blades. Just no one could stop him. And instead of just normal lycanthropy where he bites you and then later you're going to turn into a werewolf he has the like almost immediately turn to a werewolf and you're subjected to his will he's got 28 days later lycanthropy uh, fast so zombies are the worst. is and he's been resurrected so he's a big threat so you time travel to learn this special guy who they call a changeling his weakness it's not just oh all werewolves and you don't time travel on purpose they wanted to do a divination spell and it accidentally <laughs> made a doorway instead of a window into the past. I do he made it sound so. stupid, but it was actually kind of cool. That okay, but did you try, once you got on. back to real time, just attacking Falcho? Mm-hmm. You didn't even need the fire. You were fighting yeah. on stream last week. Yes, and I, the first thing I tried was attacking him directly, and I'm like, oh, he can take damage. So this was always the time, because in the past, I remembered... <laughs> He couldn't take damage when I attacked him. He was, he was so bizarre. He was much harder at release. You did have to use the fire. Oh, yeah. yeah, it probably you was did. one tamriel. Gameplay conceits. Yes. I don't know. That probably yeah. makes sense. The story was way cooler than the way AKB sold it. And that I question in particular 
is really, really interesting because depending on how you do it, when the, when you come back to the, the present day, some things have changed. Yeah, there's a... Uh, hey, 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 don't spoil changes it. It's name. old. <laughs> I don't know about a lady changes her name. It's a bit more extreme than that. Well, well, you go leave it at that choice. as I cut off everybody. That's the end of my scholarly pursuits. Let's see. What, what did you do, Baratron? <laughs> <laughs> Baratron, what did you do, though? No, what did I do? <laughs> um, okay. I I worked on a um, a very boring personal project. So I am one of these people who plays healers. I have five and a half healers, um, one of each class. And I say half because my sorcerer is also DPS spec. But. So I end up with a lot of duplicate gear. And I thought, I'm not going to go through and rationalize my gear so that, you know, one character has a Lorimer breeches, gloves, jerkin, sash, shoes, and then staffs and jewelry of all the other sets I might want to run with that. So like infallible ether, mending, worm, nubintas, you know, et cetera. And then, you know, another character's got a Lorimer or Spell Power Cure staffs and jewellery with then the Infallible Ether, Mending, Worm, Nubinters, Breaches, Gloves, Jerkin, Sash and Shoes. And, oh, my goodness. I swear this thing's taken me about 10 hours. And I've got 21 pieces of Spell Power Cure that are spare. That's a lot. Of That's just Spell Power Cure. Because what happened was, you know, I was in a hurry and I just sort of bunged gear onto people. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and I've still got three more characters to sort out. Anyway. Uh, UESP ran normal Ethereum archive and normal more vlogage this week with a lot of players who are new to trials and we did get the Stainless Souls achievement. I don't exactly know what it means. Um, <laughs> your your no, 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 are I mean, stainless, obviously. No, no, no. Okay. You read the description and it says that you you uh, got this and none of the uh, none of the players were afflicted by some particular thing. But Rust? Anyway. Yes, Rust. And uh, we didn't get a guild trader despite placing 10 bids. And I've been discussing this with some of my friends. Now, UESP is principally a social guild. So we try to get a guild trader each week as a service to our members, but we're not exclusively a big trading guild because you know, I'm not on that kind of thing. And I do have friends who are uh, Guildmasters of, of big trading guilds, and it seems that the spots are going for a minimum of three times what they were going for before the multi bidding was added. I wonder if that's is, mm -hmm. so. I'm trying to think of because really, if you think about it logically, they shouldn't be any more than they used to be by introducing the new ten spot. Like there's like the ten bids. There's no reason why they should have gone up in price. That's interesting that they did. And you know what's funny is when you go around, um, because obviously with UESP we do research, we go around all the guild traders each week, and there are more tiny traders. You know, you, you turn yeah. up there and there's 200 items or less for sale. So it seems that a lot of people are spending a lot of money to get not very much. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I wonder why. Out. Very Supply interesting. and demand. I feel like that's one of those things where the market will just readjust itself yeah. eventually. That's probably yeah, what I'm guessing it is. Like the first couple of weeks are a bit strange because everyone's like, "Well, I got to make sure that I get a um, like one of the bids in, so I'll bid a lot higher than I did before." But it's very, very strange. Like I literally think it's exactly that because yeah. they think some people are going for the bid on ten strategy. 
So they're going like, I'm just going to bid on like one, but super or do a high. much higher bid so that I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I think that's a lot of what would be going. As on. far as I know, everybody's bidding on at least three. Yeah, interesting. Awesome. Myself, I let's see. I played a lot of Legends. I've been playing a lot of Legends. I've been on a big Legends kick recently, so I made it up to rank seven finally. Awesome. Um, which is one less now than my record high of rank six. So I'm on track. I think I'm, I think I should be able to get to rank six. I'm six. I'm hanging out right now in the middle of seven. So I think I should be able to win my hilarious exalt deck. That's I only made because I opened Vivek and then I was like, I'm making Almalexia and Silphasil now. So I crafted them and made a deck entirely themed around them. So it's been doing pretty well. Did you um, ever manage to get all three of the... I have got uh, them out maybe twice. I've got all three of them out. And then it's like an instant uh, like, <laughs> yeah, It's like you can't damage them. Like unless somebody silences... Actually, the way I did it is I had for a while I had Lich's Ascension as a card, which was oh, wow. all cards cost zero, um, yeah. but you can only play one per turn. So what I did is I played Sothasil and exalted him because it was really cheap and I got it out there quick. And I got the Lich's Ascension to play early. I got Sothasil out and then Elmalexia and then Vivek. And I was like, Haha, there's I can just one-shot you now. And they gave up. But that was fun. So I love that what- deck. While we're talking about Legends, can we just discuss our Legends cards for the people who are uh, audio only? We can. can zoom in on mine. I forget. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually remember what they all are, and I can't see them right now. Um, well, um, I have a red beefy arm and a blue book and a yellow I don't know what. <laughs> so those are I don't the, know what the yellow thing is. So those You're are the colors of the different, like, a lot of can probably tell you specifically. Strength. Strength, and intelligence, and willpower. Yes. Willpower, okay. I that represents not... Guild Sworn, right? Yeah. There are five yes. attributes, and uh, like five different colors, and then every combination of colors makes a new class. That is, uh, Pylon is the, at the moment uh, a spell sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also have a combination of three colors. And so Pylon's, so he's got willpower, and then what's the purple one? Uh, endurance. endurance. Endurance, yes. Mm-hmm. Endurance, okay. And you are now, uh, you have strength, intelligence, willpower, and you are guild sworn now. And guild sworn is a combination of the fighters guild and the mage guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, they combined to fight Moloch Ball. Yep. I believe. Yeah, they, that That's came the, out during the Alliance War expansion from Legends. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Right. Yeah, it represents the Cold Harbor invasion group, and then Legends made up a cool name for him, so... They didn't have to write fighters and mages guilds. Yeah. Guild Sworn's a good uh, scout, right? I'm a monk. Agility, willpower. It's agility, willpower, right? So agility is the, the green, green one. one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the arrow, green arrow. Yep. Yes. Yep. See, I have played Legends, but it was, it was a while ago. And then Hilaro is a, is a gray circle. Yeah, the gray circle means uh, like colorless, so it's it has no, it's neutral. Mm-hmm. It can be played in any deck. Why are you neutral? I say. Because he can fit in every deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As there's a mud crab. N- yeah, there's no deck that doesn't need a Laro. <laughs> it doesn't need a mud crab. Okay. Because yeah. mud crabs are on two sides. It's true. They're just filled with hate. And AKB doesn't <laughs> get a card. AKB is all of the cards right now. Oh, AKB show. is the collection. Yeah. <laughs> you have um, a lot of cards you've never like hovered over. 
All I of have those two, numbers in the top have, are my current thing in my bottom, like to show how many I haven't shown, is like two hundred and eighty cards oh. I haven't even gone over oh. in my collection. That number bothers me. I have to pull it up and just hover over them. You would, you yeah, would, do. except for I play almost exclusively on mobile. And trying I, you just to, have to do touch it, on them no, but yeah, but it's it's such a pain getting in there to do it, and you have to find it, and you have to ho- you have to touch, wait for it to hover, and then it goes away for each. If card. you search, if you search new, new, yeah. it will only show you new cards, which makes it quicker. It's still it's such a pain. So it's that's one, that's two, that's three. Two hundred eighty times. It's starts, just, you never. It's overwhelming, and it's cards yeah. I'm never going to play. Fair enough. I should try that sometime. Um, what what it's like on because it runs on Android and iOS. And iOS. Apps, yep. 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 Yeah, that's how I play probably ninety nine percent of the time. Because I don't little Android tablets sort of that size, and I, I wouldn't want to try and play on my phone. I think that'd be awful. It's actually like, pretty good on the phone. I have that's not. Too, I have a bigger phone, so it's not too bad. But I really yeah, like you it. see, I I have quite a small phone. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we'd like to try on tablet sometime. Yeah, so I'll probably do that tonight while I'm waiting to see if I can get into Classic WoW. I'm going to see how many more games of Legends I can get yeah. in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, the other thing I did is I actually had a night where I could play video games for longer than an hour. Like I had like an actual time dedicated that I could do some stuff, which was awesome. So I decided to go in to do Maelstrom Arena for the first time. I've never looked at any videos of it. I've never read any guides for it. I've heard that pet sorcerers were good, so I just grabbed my pet sorcerer and I was like, I'm going to go in and try normal. Um, which was, it was easier than I thought it would be. I got to the seventh uh, round, I think it is. Like the seventh zone that you go to. Um, and then my kids woke up from their sleep, so I had to quit playing. <laughs> um, but it wasn't too bad. I don't know actually know how many there are. I don't know if I was no, like I- half... Oh, so it was pretty um, close then, wasn't it? Yes, the seventh zone is one of the more horrible ones. Yeah, I think that's, that was that's the one, the one with getting... the Argonians, isn't it? Maybe. Poison Argonians. Um, yes, poisonous plants, and yeah. yeah, that round. I I remember I was I streamed Vet Maelstrom Arena once, and I was I was in that one round for about. Five hours straight, Oof. and the you know two or three people who were watching were trying to give me hints. Yeah. Oh, that was not fun. I probably yeah, should have the, looked up a guide, but <laughs> the, actually the eighth the eighth arena is easier. Interesting. Well, I didn't it get is. stuck on it. I didn't have any deaths, but it was just normal. Yeah, so it just wasn't had, too bad. Just had I, I just literally was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm. I guess I'm done this for now. So I, next time I get a break, I'm going to try it again. See. I think I have to do the whole thing again. Is my guess. No, you don't. Know. Not not if you kept the quest. I don't remember. I didn't abandon anything, so maybe I don't. So that'd be good. Yeah. So I can just pop back in there again. So that actually be very good because then I don't have to worry about starting all over again and then having kids. Mm-hmm. Up, so, um, yeah. So that was good. I might. I, yeah, I think if I do it again, I'll probably look up a guide or see what I actually should be doing. I just kind of went in there and started attacking stuff, and it worked out pretty well. Don't think I could do that for vet, but. I figured I'd go in on normal and just see what it kind of did. Well, that's pretty much it for me, though. So, AKB, what have you been up to? I played a little bit of Daggerfall, and I found I really don't like it as much as I used to. I, like, 
I probably will get back into it at some point. It's just, it kind of got old on me. Yeah. Like, it's hard to describe it specifically. Like, I can play games like Dark Souls sometimes, but other times I'll be like, I don't have the patience for this. Like, uh, there was this one really skill-based game that Officer Fire, another UESP staff member, mentioned recently, Katana Zero. I tried it, and I went like, I can, I understand how to proceed in this game. It's just, it's going to be such a pain that I can't bother. I can't be bothered. Did you play the original Daggerfall or Daggerfall Unity? Uh, Daggerfall Unity. Ah, okay. And it has a lot of quality of life improvements, especially for newer software. It's looks really nice. It is still, like at its heart, the nice Daggerfall experience. That's not the problem. It's, it wasn't a problem with uh, Daggerfall Unity. It's just I kind of am not in the mood for games where you just run around and it's a randomish world and you just have to keep on grinding at it to move forward. Yeah. I know. I find old like- games can be... Go ahead, Pilon, sorry. I was gonna say I was gonna say that. Like when I, I find when I go back to play an old game and I'm like, oh yeah, they were punishing back then. Like they just tried to like Yeah. There are still some very good experiences to be had in old games. Yep. And I think Arena and Daggerfall both are very cool experiences, but I think it is unarguable that game design as a whole has learned lessons since then. But I also feel that I had more time on at least <laughs> yep that is the <laughs> yes. to, to play the games i mean when i was younger i could play hours and hours to just yeah try stuff and oh I... like for me i i think of it as like this game is wasting my time when it does something and i go like i didn't need to do this i understand like the goal but you're just dragging it out yeah. so whereas back then you're like Sweet, I'm going to do this. It's going to take me two years, but I'll finally beat it. I think this is a a topic that's going to become very popular since WoW Classic just came out today. Yeah, I feel I feel like a lot of people are going to go like, "Wow, I remember. I forgot how much I hated this." <laughs> I think that's very likely going to be a lot of the and, conversation. And there's a whole mix between the whole, "Oh, it's wasting my time." Oh, it means my accomplishments mean something there's there's a there's multiple actual axes i think that that idea can be discussed on and it's just who has what time when they can do it children obviously can embrace that a little more than adults can but even adults might be able to appreciate the i worked hard for this and now i feel accomplished i don't know it's a weird thing i feel it's a a possible topic for a future show yeah i think it would be just game design in general, how well, the evolution games, of game design. Going back to games from your childhood and seeing how they still held up, I guess. Yeah. You know what really uh, holds up? Halo. The original Halo, Halo still holds up, holds up really when I tried well. It. Which is funny because that's the same era as Morrowind for me, and I don't feel Morrowind holds up just as. That is such a crazy thing to think about. Right? Morrowind and Halo are the like, same. Like, Morrowind actually came out after. Yeah. Huh. Right? <laughs> Halo feels so much more modern. It's 
very streamlined design. And if you do something small, like small but well, it usually holds up a lot better. Yeah. Uh, besides that, I got robbed by a multi-million dollar corporation the other day. Uh, really to be fun. fair, I now don't think they still have multi-million. They're still multi-million dollar corporation. It's just the other way. Yeah, that negative <laughs> multi-million dollar corporation. So why don't you explain what happened to you there? So there's this corporation called Loot Crate. For those who haven't heard about it, they describe themselves as like a surprise gift business, basically where you subscribe to it, they curate a few things, they put them in a box, they ship it to you, and you're like, oh, wow, this is all surprising. It's kind of like Christmas, but it's all year round, and it's like, and you're also directly paying for it. Yeah. It's But you don't know what you're paying for. It's basically loot boxes in real life. See, that's what put me off about it. The fact that you didn't know what you were going to get. You knew they generally should've... what you were getting. You knew there's always going to be like one of these things, one of like a group of things, and you would see a picture kind of of what like the theme would be. So like you kind of knew. But no combat potions, right? <laughs> Not that you they showed it off on ESO Live, and Gina Bruno wore the uh, Dragonborn um, apron for the rest of the show. Yeah. Uh, the book that they showed off looked look nifty, i got to say, but, you know, there wasn't any guarantee that there was going to be an awesome book in each time. Anyway, back to your story. <laughs> <laughs> so Loot Crate uh, advertised in Elder Scrolls Box. Uh, they started advertising it, I want to say, last year. Like, I got it in November of last year, and we talked about it, but it was very, very long time ago. Uh it was a, it was one of their premium boxes too. Like it wasn't yes, like it was, a lot of them contained kind of junk to be honest in them, but like they showed the things that were coming in the uh Elder Scrolls loot, loot box and they looked awesome. Yes, and it was like $64 for each box. So this wasn't like, oh hey, you know, like I'll get it and if I don't care about it, whatever. No, it was you had to subscribe for a year, did you not? I subscribed for a year because it was a short, it was a small discount. Didn't you box. have to though? I thought you, I didn't think you could do a single box. Uh, no, you can do, you could have done it per box. Oh, okay. But I didn't do it because, you know, I was going like, well, this might be cool stuff. I'll get it so I can sh- talk about it for UESP. I can document whatever yeah. they actually get. And that if was something a, that didn't personally appeal to you. You could always sell it or give it away as a as a prize. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. worst case scenario. I figured like it's just some stuff I can give away because I have a bunch of friends who like that the poor goat. <laughs> no, we always watch that goat get destroyed by a shout. <laughs> poor goat. Uh, so I. Wait, I bought it. I went like, oh, wow. I have to wait until August 2019 to get it. This was me back in November 2018. Whatever. It's $200, but down the line, this might be a cool thing to look at that not a lot of other people will necessarily get. 
So come August, I go like, oh, hey, you know, it's time to check in on this. And I check my email, and the first thing I see from Luke Craig is, hey, we're declaring Chapter 11 bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. I go like, so that was a very fun thing to get surprised by. And then I go like, well, this might be okay. They already have a buyer. They're getting uh, funding from them for like $10 million to continue operations. So I look in, I look into it more. I think it was like when the period that they promised to stop ship, start shipping, which was last week, it was like, a window from twenty the twenty first to the twenty fifth. Then I went like, okay, I'll look at it every day. Doesn't update. It just says the next upcoming box is August twenty first to twenty fifth. Come August twenty fifth, last day I check on it. The day I go like, okay, if this doesn't work. I'm going to ask for my <laughs> refund and get it to the list of creditors and hopefully maybe get back my money. August twenty fifth. They just removed the box from their website. Like, the Elder Scrolls box is still advertised on their website. It's still advertised that the first one is going to start coming out in August. The last time I checked, they might have already updated it. I don't know. Uh, but they just quietly removed it. So I'm like, well, that's weird. Then I checked into it, and they said, no, uh, this is not how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to still be on the website. You're supposed to be able to track your past packages, and they're still supposed to show up as, like, an invoice thing, regardless. But no, it's just completely gone now. So they're promising me now a box in November, a full year after I ordered this. And also, without the first box, I was supposed to get entirely, so I'd be paying $200 for three boxes, so about... That's a lot of money for... Well, that's... Yeah, that's a rip-off. I mean, surely it should be November to November. No, they still told me that my next time it would have resubscribed me was at the... It said it didn't also change the date it would have resubscribed me, so I was definitely losing a box in this process, too. Yeah, it's all strange, like... Right now, if you go to the website, like, even if you click on to try to expand how, like, delivery works and, like, when they're supposed to ship. Because they were supposed to originally ship doesn't in doesn't mention March. any of this. It's on there. I'm looking at it right now. It doesn't mention anything about the Chapter 11. It doesn't mention anything about what's going on. But when you try to click on, like, when will they ship, it just disappears. <laughs> and apparently some people were wise to this. They're going, like, back in, like, June, like, hey, I just stopped receiving all my boxes from them entirely. This, which, if I was in those circles that were keeping track of this, it would have been super obvious to me. Like, okay, well, this is a scam. Time to get my refund now. Then I've gone in August. Well, saw that coming. Yeah. But now, because they declared Chapter 11, they actually legally can't refund me. Like, it's a court order. They are not allowed to refund yeah. me. So, so I don't know. Nice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm out $200 at the end of this for absolutely nothing. Yeah. 
I know. Yeah, we'll have to keep everybody up to date on what actually goes on with what goes on specifically with all of this stuff. So that's enough. I'm very curious, at least. Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll keep up to date on what's going on. But yeah, so don't buy any loot crates. Moral yes. of the story. You can still go to their website and I can order the four crate package right now. You can <laughs> still buy them. Yeah. Please, 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 please don't. But we highly suggest you don't right now until we find out more of what's going on and if everything gets sent. So AKB will have to live as the guinea pig, unfortunately, for everybody else. Oh, that might it might be the worst two hundred dollars I've ever spent. I'll put it that way. That's probably accurate. I would have to think very hard to like find anything close. Yeah. Beyond was... that, it's all been pretty good though. <laughs> awesome. Well, speaking of segues, we're gonna move over to the news. Okay, and for a... Oh, no. Oh, did everything move over again? It's okay, I can fix that. But for a news (laughs) summer month, which are normally pretty slow, we actually have a decent amount of things to talk about tonight. I'm just going to make... People said it will be a a short show uh, today. (laughs) Yeah, we thought it was going to be a short show, and then now we're going to keep Alaro up until the break of dawn. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we were actually, oh, tonight we were going to be doing a kind of an educational session on the wiki itself and going through and teaching people how to create their own articles and how to edit things. But the wiki's had a lot of errors the past couple of days. So we figured yeah, we'd wait. Today it even exploded. Yeah, well, it actually, I think it, it went crashed. Down. So we're yep. not sure exactly what's going on as far as mm. I'm aware right now. So we're just waiting to... Uh, the, the crash was in the, the the squid cache crash today, but I don't know if it's uh, related to the uh, the issues from the past two weeks. Yeah, if you if an error pops up, it might call it squid error, which is funny, but it's not great. <laughs> I have lots of squid errors <laughs> every time I try to get a squid. Uh yeah. So there's not too much UESG <laughs> news, but we're gonna keep uh, going through the news for tonight. So. ESO, I'm going to get us started off, is offering a free play event starting tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, which is 6 p.m. GMT, which, as we've talked about before, is a very weird time to start things. But it's not an Elder Scrolls event if it doesn't start at a completely random time. Um, it's not even the normal weird time. No, it's, it's, a, new, usually, it's a new weird yeah, random time. Yeah, because usually it's 2 p.m. GMT or 10 a.m. EDT, which that is, is actually that there is reason behind that because you don't want to deploy something first thing when you get to work in the morning. You want to wait until people have got in, had their coffees, have done the final rounds that can give the thumbs up saying you can deploy, and you don't want to do it at the end of the day when everyone's like, "Sweet, I'm going home now." So the 10 a.m. is actually, I think, it's kind of across the board. That's a very normal time for developers to do deploys. Um, 2 p.m. I don't know. <laughs> They just wanted to change it up this week. Um, so anyways, into, 
<laughs> yeah. Until September 3rd, uh, at some time in the day, nobody knows. Uh, you can play on all platforms. You can play for free. Um, and we did note that it's very ironic timing that this is coming out at the exact same time as the WoW Classic launch. So I imagine there's a push from the marketing team to be like, oh, well, let's see if we can get some more people. And once you get tired of nostalgia, come play a modern game. Exactly. Play (laughs) a modern game once you get annoyed with the fact that everything takes forever. So if you want to get a chance to play for free, if you don't already play, I think someone will post the link in chat or we'll have it in the show notes after the show. Um, Besides that, the past week has been a fun one for Elder Scrolls Online players in the EU as their servers have essentially been on fire. Um, I personally haven't been affected by this, and I would ask Alaro, but as we said, he's only level 14, so he probably hasn't been too affected by this. Nope. Um, <laughs> so but, I think, Baratron, okay. have you actually... I know you have PCU stuff. Do you? Did you actually play it this week? No, she doesn't yes. want to level up past 49. Oh, just, just, just. No, I've been on PCEU this week. Yeah. And how was it? Time of day I was on, it was fine. But I couldn't answer what it's like in prime time. Yeah. We talked a bit of it a bit last week of the kind of the specific problems that PCEU is having. Um, What I don't know if... Did we talk about the gold duplication? We talked a bit about what was happening with the gold duplication. Um, Yes. It was like... But this was like... Oh, fresh off the It was like, presses. as it was happening. All the details were clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we know what happened with the server connectivity and issues and ZOS. It took them a little while, which I know the community wasn't super pleased about, uh, but it took them a while, but they did figure out what a fix was for the problem that the EU was having. They rolled out an early incremental patch update um, that they believe fixed everything. And they also took a response with the gold duplication that was happening amongst all the guild traders and they removed any of the gold that was obtained through this method from all the guild banks and then they were taking action against anybody who they believed had spent that gold or used it for illicit illicit means. So it's very obvious looking at uh, just an individual guild log that what happened if you don't get your guild trader, then the money you spent on that bid is automatically refunded. Yes. Due to server lag, this money was refunded multiple times, and you can see multiple entries in the, yeah. in the, guild, uh, the guild history. So, uh, and this was anything from two to, I, I saw seven times in one guild. So that is another question I actually had for you, uh, Baratron. Um they said that they were disabling guild history uh, for the foreseeable future until they had like extra protections against it. Is it back online yet? Because I didn't see them say. Okay. So what they actually did was they disabled the guild history API, which yes. is the part of the code that can be accessed by add-ons. And that's what was turned off. It was still possible to see the guild history within the game, although it was delayed um and having uh the the patch that was deployed early on friday morning the patch 5.1.7 uh the guild history api is now restored so the add-ons like master merchant and uh tamriel trade center you know the the various add-ons that rely on this the um 
raffle add-ons. You know, everything that the, that the large trade guilds use to keep track is back online and working most mostly as it should be. The one thing we have noticed is that accessing guild history is delayed. So, so, so by delayed, do you mean like items are showing up or it just takes a while for it to load? I mean, like, you look at your guild history and it's showing stuff from half... The, the most recent thing is 20 to 30 minutes ago. Okay. okay. So so the calls are coming through slower. And this was a bit of a problem um, at the point... You see, often uh, in previous... Up, up to now, you've been able to tell for certain if your guild's got its guild trader by... If, you know, obviously, if you're a guild master or guild officer, you can see uh, the, the call appear in the in the log, you know, such and such uh, guild trader hired. And it wasn't there this week because it's taking 20 to 30 minutes for the, for the guild history to come through. So, yeah, it's a bit of a thing, but it, it, a bit of a problem, but not massive. Yeah, and a lot of this, I think, probably um, was amplified the problem because it was gamescom this week as well so the community team wasn't probably as quick to be able to respond to things the dev team was probably all hands on deck for any demos or things that they were working on for gamescom because i don't know if they were showing off commander keen i don't think there was really anything new they weren't showing dragon hold at gamescom were they no no yeah no, they the are, first, the they're first showing it at pax is... <laughs> yeah they're showing it at pax so Probably not as many people around that can fix the problems and because they're all working on getting out to Germany and things like that. So probably a less than ideal time for all of that to be happening. So Zoss have uh, been quite angry about individuals who have taken this duplicated gold from guild banks and spent it. And they, they sort of gave me, there was a bit of an amnesty period in which time they said, yes, you can replace it and you won't get into trouble. Um, but I believe that the additional maintenance on PCEU this morning, which wasn't on PCNA, was um, removing the duplicated gold and adding the uh, the gold back for winning bids that failed. Yeah. Essentially, uh, the situation where last week, whereby people won a guild trader, but it didn't display because because of the server lag and other people, other guilds were able to come along and hire it. So they they got a 150 percent of their bid back as a refund on purpose because uh, you know to make up for the lost guild tax that they they would normally get for having that guild trader. Yeah. Yeah, I think the guild trader system. I've never personally been a huge fan of it. I understand the purpose of it and why they did it the way they did. I just don't really like it myself. Um, I think it's overly complex for very little benefit that they end up with. But this one's one of those ones that I really hope gets a kind of overhaul when they are talking about doing the big, big year of focusing on performance. Like I think the, the economy is going to have to be one of the big focuses on that. I know they won't do it, but I really like Guild Wars 2's trading post way better. For me, as not a economics guy, it allows me to get and sell stuff easily. Yeah, as long as, long as they don't... I don't love the way it works with the gems in Guild Wars 2, though. That always felt weird, that there was like the two prices, that if you want to spend real money and if you don't, 
Well, that's just for getting gold or not. Yeah. The trading post is still just one gigantic listing area for stuff, and you buy it for gold, and that's it. Right. I think we should all just go back to the days of MMOs where you just stood around a building all day screaming out looking for chat <laughs> looking for or this is why i'm selling at this price uh, trade with me yeah this is the opposite of what sounds fun that's not how i want to spend my time as a heroic adventurer in a fantasy world well yes but you can make some amazing deals back then that's uh, i remember doing that wild classic there you go <laughs> you can be old man and we're going clouds. to say wow i hated this yeah <laughs> Yep, that's what I'm going to do tonight. Except for it's going to take me like a year before I have anything worth selling, so it'll take forever. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what we got on the PCEU side. The Tavern event happened at Gamescom, Gamescom, not Con, um, in Cologne, Germany. I believe two of our fantastic Good members point. of the UESP were there, uh, Cry Havoc and Enodoc. Uh, there were some photos of them. I think we can post that into the chat there for anybody who wasn't there. Um, but they sounded like they had a good time. I haven't really got a chance to talk to everybody, but sounded like they had a good time and it was a great event. So if you're there again next year, you should make sure you get out there. This is just a minor question for Alaro. If you're still there. Yeah, sure. Uh, asleep. So I know, you know, German like fluently, well, no, I can speak more, German more than me, now. at least. It, it, probably, yeah. <laughs> so I'm still learning, and it's pronounced Cologne, the city of Cologne, right? Yeah, like, but actually in Dutch it, it's called uh, Köden, and in in English it's called Cologne, Cologne, I think. Cologne, yeah, yeah, and and then in in, in German it's it's Köln, Köln. I'm not sure actually. But every every country in Europe uh, says it differently. Pronounces it differently. Well, I'll have to look you up into that then later. Thank uh, you, sir. I'm sure it's also different in French. I've always <laughs> wondered how basically made-up words can be pronounced <laughs> yeah. differently in different languages. Yep. It's like why does this other language get to decide how this name is pronounced? <laughs> like. Who does that? Uh, there's a lot in Europe, of course, because, well, a lot of countries, uh, I say, conquered different parts, so different cities got different names from different countries. Yeah. It, well, yeah. And nobody from Cologne, Germany, is over here in Indiana going to tell me <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, and then no, the next thing up to date in the con season is PAX West is coming up. Um, fun story, I accidentally went to PAX West once. I don't know if I've said that on the stream before. Accidentally. How, how did you, uh, yeah, accidentally. I was in Seattle. Uh, we went on an Alaskan cruise with my wife's family, and we were wandering around. And this was before I was really into even, like, video games. I don't think I had a PC at this time. I was on my Mac. Um, and we were just wandering around Seattle afterwards, and we saw a bunch of people in costumes and we're like, oh, we wonder where they're going. So we followed mm -hmm. them and walked into a building. There was no security. There was nobody checking anything. So, And we just walked in and we were in the middle of PAX. It was very I, confusing because I, I, I had no idea what was going on in that community. And there was a ton of people in costumes and they were selling a bunch of random nerd stuff. And it was crazy. 
but that's how I ended up accidentally going to Pac West, Pax West once. <laughs> anyway, the um, the ESO the ESO event is this Saturday, thirty first of August, five to nine PM PDT at the First and Bell, two two one eight First Avenue, Seattle. And you'll be able to play the Dragonhold Dungeons. That'll be the first place that they're exhibited. Uh, there'll be free food and drink. If it's anything like PAX East, it'll be very good free food and drink. And there'll be give giveaways. They'll be giving away the elsewhere collectible coins, the uh, hot-blooded Bantam Guar pet that we've uh, had some codes for, and also the Moon Sugar Soda. And the Moon Sugar Soda is very, very good. Um, I've actually, I've actually got my bottle here from PAX East. And Jeansy. If you are watching this, you know the terms of our agreement, and they <laughs> will stand. So, just so you know, this is this. If you can get it for me, I will honor the terms of our agreement. <laughs> leave it at that. Um, do, do I want to know? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Anyway, um, you can sign up uh, to be on the VIP list in the official forums, and what that means is you will get slightly more guaranteed entry you don't have to sign up to go <clears throat> sorry excuse me but if you are signed up then apparently you get to skip the line so awesome yeah good. yeah so that should be i think that's all of our eso news but that'll be a lot of fun so if you're in the seattle area we're not going to translate that time zone for you because if you're not physically there it really doesn't matter um mm. so make sure you're there around uh what was it five to nine pdt so Five to nine, it yeah. should be a lot of fun there. Um, we also have a lot of Legends news coming up here. So I'm wondering, Alaro, how are you feeling if you're awake levels? Uh, do you want to talk yeah. about what the uh, new card that's being revealed is? My time to shine. Um, time to shine. <laughs> there's a new monthly card revealed uh, today. Uh, yesterday there was already a sneak peek with some mud crabs on it. Um, and today they show the card uh, named Old Salty's Assault. It's a five-cost. Uh, it's already on the screen, also, but it is a uh, five-cost action card. It's neutral, so it can be played in any deck you like. And the ability is summon one of each mudcrab from your deck. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> uh, you need to put mudcrabs in your deck, and then from each different mudcrab you get one of them into play. There are only uh, three mudcrabs uh, at the moment in, in the game, so you, you can really stuff your deck full, full of them. <laughs> I don't know how there's <laughs> only three. I'm so shocked by that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm really shocked by it. But uh, there are actually four, uh, but one is unobtainable. In theory, you could play against an AI deck and steal it and shovel it into your deck and then play with all sorts of salt. But that's... <laughs> then you get one extra one cost creature right yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and it's uh, uh well impossible to do against other players because they don't have the card it's impossible mm -hmm. to get it into into your collection uh, there's actually one more card uh, reflective automaton uh, it's uh i'm sorry if we can pull it up but um, i don't have no yeah, i don't have it up here so uh doesn't matter it's uh, a factotum card also Cheap, two cost. Yeah, it's two, two, two three. It's a two cost, two, three neutral factor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it counts as all creature types, so it's also a mud crab. Mm -hmm. So there's still four mud crabs you can get with this card, uh, <laughs> which will result in about stats, uh, the total stats for 
8, 8, so 8 power, 8 health, which is quite a lot for a 5 cost card. Mm -hmm. uh, plus you deal 1 damage to your opponent, because the ankle snapper deals 1 <laughs> <one> damage. <laughs> Amazing name, I really like I it. Uh, and you get a random card from Muscrap Merchant mm -hmm. for only 5 Magicka, so it's actually a great deal. Uh, yeah. It's, a, it's basically a small tedious conscription. Uh, tedious conscription. A very focused conscription. <laughs> yeah, a very focused conscription. Uh, but that's a, quite an unpopular card, actually. Uh, and one of the things I was realizing is that if you play the Factotum package alongside this, then that Reflective Automaton can actually come out pretty strong. Buffed yeah, up true. power and attack. Yeah. Lethal, guard, all sorts of different options it might have. And I don't know if that deck is good enough necessarily, but I think this could be played in a normal, have fun deck and it would be okay. Uh, it's actually quite an interesting strategy. I didn't mm -hmm. think about it. Uh, why is the Tullius Conscription. Sorry. Uh, 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 yeah, why is it unpopular? Because I'm looking at it um, on the wiki now, and it says the magic cost of it's twelve. So is it is it unpopular because it's so expensive, or, or what? Yeah, it was, it's played in decks that usually can reach this twelve costs, and it completely floods the the board, and it's almost impossible to deal with it for your opponents. So it was mostly a, a I win card, uh -huh. which is not fun to play against. Uh, and it used to be cheaper as well. So there were a lot nerfed. of decks that used it. And this one's uh, 5 Magicka and that one's 12. So that's, that's quite a big difference, isn't it? Uh, it, yeah. it is, but it's also quite a bit weaker. So And you can only get Mudcrabs. 12 Tedious Conscription mm -hmm. can get almost anything. Um, it's, it's more vulnerable to Firestorm, which is a card that deals 2 damage to a lane. And all Mudcrabs have less than two, less than 3 health. Except the, the, the Automaton, the, the Factotum. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, I wonder how good this card will be. Uh, there, there are a couple of strategies I thought about. Uh, one of them was already in the article that when they revealed it. Uh, you can use so-called Mage Guild Recruit, which you can lower the, uh, the cost of an action, which means you, in theory, you could play this card in turn 3, which is, uh, <laughs> of course, amazing. <laughs> yeah. You get 8-8 eight, eight on stats and all the... All abilities. Or you can play with Wismother, which takes a bit more setup, but which means you get double mud crabs for everything. So uh, I call it a Crabageddon <laughs> if you manage to get that. Crab battle. Um, <laughs> and however, it, it's to be seen how good this really will be because the problem with mud crabs is that on their own they are not really good. And you have to put them in your, into your deck. So you actually don't want to draw them. But if you put them in your deck, you yeah. Well, you should expect you draw them, mm. uh, which makes your deck weaker. Uh, who wrote this? Mudcaps are amazing. Come on, people. I <laughs> I really wish they had made this a creature, and that was a summon ability versus it being an action. Because yeah. imagine comboing this into another one of this, into another one of this, and then it was just like <laughs> oh, a board fill. That's probably way too powerful. I imagine, <laughs> yeah, I imagine that may have been where they started off, but it would have been, I think it would have been yeah. fantastic. It's still a non-unique action, so you can still play it multiple times. 
It right, just doesn't if, have an extra body, yeah. Yeah, it would have had an extra summon. So you would have, basically, you could have got three of them out and just kept filling your board, essentially. So it would have just been a board fill with mud crabs, which would have been hilarious. <laughs> That's kind of what the picture's showing, isn't it? That's kind of what um, you would expect it to be. A big what mud crab with lots of little ones underneath. Make it a five yeah. cost, one one, and then boom. <laughs> For the people who are only listening uh, in the podcast, uh, you see one big mudcrab, which is probably old salty, uh, with a lot of small mudcrabs uh, skittering around and a couple and underneath. Of, um, I'd say an <laughs> average mudcrab is probably what a foot wide or so, yep, which probably. means the big mudcrab lording all of, over all of them looks about twenty feet tall, maybe. I'm not great at scale, but that's sort of my guess there. Bit, bit smaller, but a little bit smaller. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a lo- large. It's a very mudcrap. large mud crab. I, I really love the mud crabs in the, in the back, which are on, on the wave, and they're like being flipped. Really happy. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully I they start adding some new mud crabs. This card's kind of false pretenses here because you know if if he only summons three mud crabs plus a fat totem that's pretending to be a mud crab. In this yeah. picture, I can count. Oh my goodness, I can count. <laughs> well over 10 mud crabs I'm thinking probably more they're a lot more in the background even yeah that's true <laughs> um, talking about the art uh, one thing I would love legends to do more is uh, tell people who made the art because we, you, you cannot find anywhere uh, who, who are the artists I imagine uh, but that's because so when I worked in this before we, I worked on a card, collectible card game so much of it is contracted out to like an overseas company that will generate the art and stuff like that, that they, there is no real artist on it. There'll be like 20 different people worked on different parts of that art and then it's gone. Like it's not so, it's not very common that it'll be one individual artist too. It'll be like somebody will work on background. Somebody works on foreground. Somebody works on like effects afterwards. Somebody will work on the premium. Somebody so there's so many people that will just All work right. on it, you don't actually even know who the artist is. Yeah, but, but for, for the only the art, so not, not, not the background, or uh, I don't know. Uh, at least I could track down the, the artist for this card. Uh, oh, you did for this card? Yeah, for, for, for specific... Uh, we actually know, have known about this art for like a year now because we data mined it. And then I found the artist publishing it somewhere on the internet that he made this art. So Michael Birek, uh, and I have a link here. Oh, oh someone else is already copying it. Um, with a very, very high quality of this of this art, and yeah, I think it's amazing. It. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and we already knew it uh, was called Old Salty's Revenge, so they changed the name a little bit. But uh, uh, it's probably a long time concept for them oh. to publish this card, but. Uh, they never did uh, until now. This is interesting because the guy said, you know, had a lot of fun on this one. And it said it was posted two years ago. Two years ago yeah. already. Yeah. You see. So, so this, we data mined it more than a year ago. So uh, that, that, that could be true. Yes. So a long lost child has finally come home. <laughs> yeah. Salty. I, I like that a lot of uh, arts for the new, not a lot, a couple of arts for the new expansions are actually all data mined arts. So, so they are reusing arts they couldn't use for some reason in, in or, or got cut or something in, in the previous uh, expansions and they are reusing them and I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. They don't waste it. 
Absolutely. Uh, amazing art in there. Um, as we say more about this, uh, it's a reference to Old Salty. Wow, amazing. It is uh, a <laughs> <laughs> unique mudcap from uh, Skyrim's Dragonborn, Dragonborn expansion. You could encounter it in, on source time. Uh, but I couldn't find any uh, uh, is it quests related to this uh, creature. It was no, just, I think it was just more of an Easter egg. Yeah, if I remember exactly. correctly, yeah. It's uh, uh, on a Starrim island, so so you could probably encounter it while you were trying to mine Starrim, but uh, it's not connected to a quest per se. Um, the sure. only thing I'm afraid of with this card is that they won't print many other mudcaps because it would, well, yeah. this card would spiral out of control. Every mudcrab they add to the game, unless that they don't make them neutral, makes this card more powerful. Exactly. And I really hope they will print more cards, more mudcrabs. I mean... Well, we like... do have the hope that they are going to start um, seasons of cards. So True. that would probably make that more viable. The rotations. Yeah, yeah, if they start doing rotations, then we wouldn't have to worry about once they kick out a couple of mud crabs. And if they only have like three or four viable mud crabs <laughs> at any given That's true, yes. Uh, so because there are still like gravel claws and sand crabs and spirit guardian mud crabs and stuff like that. And even Scar, the the emperor mud crab. Well, actually, uh-huh. we're not sure if it's a mud crab, but it's... Uh, at least it's crap. Uh, I really hope they will ever print a card for that. But um, yeah, that's basically what I have to say about this. Um, there's more news for Legends. Yes. There's an <laughs> announcement for patch 2.13 on, and will be releasing on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually got to see some of the. Uh, you say it? Spoilers? Spoilers, but uh, they also posted it today in Reddit, so I can just... Uh, you can talk about what's run. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Sparky Deckard, he made a post on Reddit, said, oh no, it's already typed in and I'm accidentally hitting enter. <laughs> yeah. Where he spoiled a couple <laughs> patch notes. Yeah, one of the big ones uh, I know Laro showed, with me, showed me earlier um, was that they're adding dual spectator mode. Um, which is awesome and infuriating for me at the exact same time. <laughs> because So what this does is dual spectator mode means that if you are friends with both opponents in a game, you can see both of their hands. Um, this is really, this is used quite a bit for casting um, tournaments and things like that so that when the viewers can see what's going on, they're at a time delay, but it doesn't really matter because it's a card game. Um that's awesome and it's amazing it's frustrating because i've been working on a system uh for the past like few weeks that i've been trying to get tested out and get working so that we could mimic that so we could start hosting our own uesp legends tournaments um so now all of the work i've done is basically thrown out because i don't need to do it anymore um, still appreciate you trying though. it's way better this way that they're doing it is a much better implementation and it's way less work for everybody to do so it's much better it just was kind of those like i i finally what was it like two weeks ago i think it was i'm like okay I think I finally got it working. I'm ready to start testing this. And then they're like, screw you. We're just going to release this as a feature. Um, so that's awesome. It's so, a great yeah. feature, though. I oh, mean, it's it super useful. So much. 
it's, more it makes yeah, and it makes it a lot easier for any tournaments that they want to host and run. Like they don't have to worry about having people casting to their own different spaces. It, it's just a huge quality of life improvement for the competitive scene. So that's fantastic. Um, I think some of the other changes that we had note of was there's exterior menus are getting redesigned and polished for mobile and desktop clients, which is awesome because I really hope the daily award check marks become more than three or two polygons or two pixels. If you ever look at it on mobile, I don't know if it's on everybody else's, but if I very small, it's, but it's literally just a three pixel line for the checkbox over top of it. Like there's a pixel, 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 pixel. Like that's, it's just pixelated completely. I'll send a picture out later to show oh. you guys what it looks like. It's awful. So hopefully that gets some <laughs> polish. Um, titles are now searchable with checkbox filters in the titles menu. I'm, I assume that's referring to the titles, like your character titles. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's a great change because otherwise yeah. you always have to scroll through like There's so many of them now there are like hundreds uh, of yeah. them now so uh it's a, it's a good change still no <laughs> word on more avatars though that's what yeah, i'm really waiting yet. for <laughs> i've asked about it but uh yeah i think uh, everybody asks about yet. that whenever they yeah. see a, uh one of the sparky devs they're just like hey <laughs> yeah crazy idea for you here but what if there was more characters you could play as um, I think that'd be awesome. They've added a bunch of new animations to the game. Um, yep, and basic stuff. Yeah. And then, okay, so, Alaro, can, do you want to explain what the one that you, we're saying is probably the most important one? I think I understand it, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the idea is that um, uh, this is a big change, probably, for, for this patch. Um, if Normally, if... Uh, the opponent returns a card to their hands, uh, mm -hmm. you have to keep track of it. Yeah. Um, you can see it as just back into the hand and you see just uh, the, the card back. But now all cards you should be able to know what card it is. That's you awesome. You will still see it. So all cards will be revealed. Uh, uh, I'm not and sure if I explained it right. No, that, yes. that makes perfect so sense. So a practical example is if you play Cunning Ally and it triggers, it gives you a Firebolt. And it yes. shows, oh look, I just made a Firebolt and it puts it into the player's hand. If you're the other player and you're looking at it, you see, okay, a Firebolt just went into their hand. It is the furthest card on the right. And now whenever a new card is added, it'll go on top of it. If I pay very close attention, I could track... It's the third card, it's the fourth card, it's the second card, because it, hand size keeps shifting. So I could yeah. know which card their Firebolt was, but I had to remember that. Now, the game is making it so anytime a card is shown to you, it's just going to leave that card visible. So, yes. technically the same stuff is available, but they've taken out the possibility of you forgetting that information, or a card getting lost in the shuffle, or something like that. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic change, because it's not something that's very mechanic changing because I technically I could use a piece of paper and kind of write down and track where that card is so I knew about it. But this okay. kind of just alleviates that change. So I think that'll be a great change. Yes, uh, it also includes uh, double cards. So if you play one of the two double cards, the, the, the other half will be revealed too. Oh. So that's also... Uh, that's good to know. Ex exact Makes same sense. situation. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, probably uh, nice to point out because it's not intuitive, I think. But well, if you think about it, it is. But uh, yeah, I, I saw um, a few people on Reddit sort of complaining about this, and I understand where they're coming from on it because they talked about examples where they had used a crown quartermaster, and that generates a dagger. It's just a plus one plus zero item. And it generates it, and then it's turns and turns later, and you know the opponent puts up this perfect defense, and then that plus one, plus zero that they didn't account for, that's enough for them to kill a creature yeah. or push lethal or whatever. Yeah. And so this does mean that someone who's less careful, well, now they've got a warning, because they can still see that card in your hand until it's gone. And I get why that would be frustrating. But this is a basic thing where here's info that was actively given to you and now it's taken away. It makes sense why you would keep that. It's and, and, just a memory aid. Yeah. In a more casual matches, uh, it also happens that people look away for whatever reason during a turn. So mm -hmm. they still get all the information that they sometimes wouldn't have. Or even sometimes it literally it just lags out. And you don't see what's yeah. happening. Like if you have a little bit of network lag at the moment that it was revealed, you might not have actually got to see it. And for stuff course, still, like that, sorry, go ahead, Elora. Uh, there's still a timeline, of course, but uh, yeah, it's limited. So yeah, I, the, I think this is a good change. The history, the timeline that it keeps track of, like the last four or five moves that have happened, so you can hover yeah. over stuff. But once a turn is gone or two turns, that's going to be empty or it's going to get kicked out. But it makes sense. Like you can always check what's been discarded. So this is just another thing of info that has been presented to you. The game is going to allow you to look it up. They should yep. probably add an exiled view, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or banished, a banished viewer. But that's probably for a later time and not as important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're a little bit more of a rare interaction. Awesome. Well, that's, I think, all of the Legends news. Um, AKB, did you want to mention what our fantastic Blades news was? I love that AKB is becoming our Blades guy. He's the Blades correspondent. <laughs> they had a golden stallion statue on sale for half off. Five and that is gems. all the Blades news. Can we talk about the description of that golden stallion statue, statue though? Did you read it? I did not. I it read it back when it came out a long time ago, but I yeah. forget. It literally just says, the purpose of this statue is to show off how rich you are to your friends. <laughs> that's like literally all, it's like, it's like, it's, I can't remember the exact wording, but that's a, essentially what it says. It's like, the purpose of this statue is to, sh is to be garish and show off how incredibly rich you are to your friends. I'm like, okay, you're just leaning into that. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, I also don't understand flash sales in Blades because aren't all of their sales flash sales? Because they're only available for they're one only time available anyway. for one time anyway. So this was it was for sale. This got knocked off half price. So I was oh my this. goodness, I'm actually I'm actually looking at it. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's, it's pretty. A, it's a Very rearing pretty. stallion made of solid gold, gold with three flags or pennants behind, and then the base. The base is a pile of gold coins. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, and the it description. is really good. So, yeah. That is definitely for showing off how rich you are. 
Yeah, yep. it's super great. Um, I just think it's funny. Like, it's such a funny thing that they added. I'm still very curious, like, what's the internal strategy for how do we make money for Blades because of stuff like this? Yeah. Which is, okay, for a minute, though, I was actually tempted to get it because I had enough uh, gems. And it's a medium-sized decoration, which there is a very limited amount in the game other than like some like crappy ones you can craft like there's not enough medium there's a ton of small like flags and stuff like that and there's too many large ones which you only have three spaces for but i have a ton of open medium ones so i was like do i want no it's just a waste of gems it's a hundred percent just a giant waste of gems so i held off on it but they almost got me on that one but on the plus side golden horse but on the plus side golden horse that is correct if it had been 500 gems the first time it was offered to me within like the first two weeks of the game, I probably would have grabbed it because I had the gems. Now I'm saving my gems because I never know when something even better might come along. Yeah. That's the problem with their market is there's no way of knowing like, oh, this is worth it to buy today. Yep. Yep. If also, a rootworm comes along, I might grab a rootworm decoration. Yeah. Lost going on with the rootworms. You're in your rootworms. They are really cool. <laughs> it would I just thought about your rootworms. It wouldn't have any of the stupidest decoration. I thought about your it's... rootworms last night because I was watching Godzilla and there was something similar that they talked about. And I was like, oh, they should have used a rootworm. But... <laughs> it's a really cool concept, but it would give people nightmares. <laughs> I mean, climbing into the giant worm thing to travel well, oh my well sinking into the mud and then suddenly being swallowed and swept along by something it happens it happens mm-hmm. awesome and then the other bit of news which we'll probably know a little bit more about soon um is the anniversary event for the skyrim creation club is coming up so we know there's a bunch of sales going on right now for a lot of the creation club co- creation club content um which is fun to say um but then we don't know if there's going to be an actual event or if there's going to be any some big news or crazy things happening so i'm banking on they're going to release a full prequel quest for elder scrolls 6 it's gonna what it's gonna be can you imagine if they did that that would be huge that would be a that would make so many people stop complaining about the creation club and buy something on it because they're like well i'm not gonna miss this i don't know i am i'm imagining that the initial reaction would be very poor what if it was free on the creation club i think the reaction would be very good (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it'll be uh that seems very unlikely i know that's one in a million shot, but that's what I'm going for. Or or something even like a quest that teases something more about it. Like not even a full prequel, but like there's hints in it for what's going on next. I think that'd be fun. Uh-huh. Um, and there was one more note uh, that we have before we sign off tonight. Uh, I don't know who actually wrote this one because I actually know nothing about what it is. So I know a little bit about it. I didn't write it, so someone else can correct me if I get something wrong. But Ted Peterson, who was a significant writer in the early days of Elder Scrolls, I'm pretty sure he worked on both Arena and Daggerfall and maybe Redguard. 
I'm not exactly sure. I think he was there until Morrowind, yeah. Until Morrowind, okay. So he's big author, or writer, and then moved on to other things after Elder Scrolls. But he, because of all the attention given to Daggerfall Unity recently, he reached out to some of the people there and... I think over on the Imperial Libraries where he talked yeah, about it. Yes. He um he wants some suggestions from people about some of the main story loose ends that might be in the game. And then he wants to write a book or a series of books for them to add into Daggerfall Unity so that awesome. just sort of reconcile some of the lore in that game. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about this because Ted Peterson is one of my favorites book writers for the Elder Scrolls. I mean, he wrote a Morrowind, ton of them. But, but he's also, he has been in contract also for Oblivion because he, he wrote things like the, the Iconia account, actually. The Which is root- where rootworms come from. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he is basically the actual Wagenjarth. So, yes. next also, week, next week we're not going to have a, a, a Legends background. It's going to be a rootworm background. <laughs> yes. And our little, our little uh, you know, as we're speaking, our little characters uh, just gasping for air we'll just, the whole time. Tra- we'll just travel along the river sorry i love it i, I interrupted do, do you very art for woodworms i don't think so no i don't think so <laughs> i can draw one i can yeah. do it there never was any mention of woodworms except for the the his books okay uh, there's also fey falcon and i think that's maybe my most favorite book fey falcons like that one gets to me a little bit, but it's cool. Yeah, and uh, also things like hor- horror of uh, Cradley House. Oh, that's um, great! I love yeah. that. Which is like the the uh, the theater play, but oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the one <laughs> where it's written like the script of a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, it, it, it is a couple more of those, and well, I think they are amazing. I'm really excited about this uh, deck of our Unity books you were white. So, uh, yeah, me too. Uh, I'm curious, one, if, actually, if he actually releases it, and two, how people are going to react, because like, not many other Elder Scrolls like, major authors are known for continuing to contribute to the Elder Scrolls community after they've like formally left it. it left Bethesda. Yeah. Like yeah, Michael really Kirkbride. Like Michael Kirkbride is the anti- main one anti- who's known for doing that, but I want to see what Ted Peterson's take on it now that he's independent, so to speak. Is Kurt Kuhlman still with uh, Bethesda? Does anyone know? Uh, he I was thanked ever. for the credits in Elder Scrolls Legends. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, as far as I know, he, it looks like he's kind of retired. I don't know if he has a job. I'm looking online. I can't find anything. Like, after, like, Oblivion, that was kind of it. Yeah, because he also wrote a lot of books for Elder Scrolls. But, um, yeah, anyway. Oh, you know, got a job with Escapist at one point, apparently. Um, tangentially related and not really Elder Scrolls straight up, but 
a thing that we some of us recently found is that Ted Peterson, along with Julian LaFay, who is a primary programmer in the very early Elder Scrolls games. Well, Julian LaFay is actually the, the one who envisioned the Elder Scrolls. Right. Like he doesn't like the main guy credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> like I think he is the one written down as programming early on and or at least program lead or something like that. But he and Ted Peterson and two other guys have a their own game company and their intention is to make RPGs based on some of the promises of very early games such as Daggerfall. So maybe keep an eye on once lost games. Ted Peterson and Julian LaFay, both Elder Scrolls alumni. I'm very curious what actually comes out of that. Like, I'm not sure if anything ever actually will. But it's got a shot. And it would be a very, very, very interesting thing because I was a fan of the arena Daggerfall style. Maybe hopefully there's options to make it more modernized. So like I said earlier, I'm not going like I'm just wasting time. That show topic that we might talk about one day, if they take some of the best ideas from back then and use some of the game design techniques that have developed since then and make something awesome. We'll see. We will see. Well, I think that's a good place to call it for tonight. I don't think we have too much. I want to thank everybody for coming and hanging out with us live. And remember that you can always come and watch us record this on twitch.tv slash UESP at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, 3 a.m. Denmark 3 a.m. Right? Alaro Time. <laughs> <laughs> also, and I want to thank Alaro, Lost, Baratron, and AKB for joining me once again for another another uh, installment of the UESP podcast. We're getting up there in numbers. We're already at 28. Who knew it was actually going to keep going this long? I wasn't even sure if it was going to go past the number one. So I'm always excited Nailed and it. thankful that you guys zero. have been, been around. It was zero. It was zero for yeah. the first one. So Because awesome. we're nerds, sure. we zero index. It's true. That is how I did it. That is 100% the reason why I did it. <laughs> uh, make sure you check out social media, Twitter, USP, UESP underscore net, uh, Facebook, just search for UESP and you'll probably find it. And then you can join us on Discord and chat and argue with us about all of the different lore topics you want to. Uh, Discord.gg slash UESP. So on behalf of myself and everybody here, I want to help everybody have a fantastic time and have some great adventures in Nern. Bye, everybody. Remember to stay moist. Oh.